Do any of you remember the movie The Wizard of Oz? It's on at least twice a year, I think. The scene near the end where Dorothy and Scarecrow and Tin Man and, and Lion and, and Toto finally encounter the wizard whose booming voice they hear in flames and thunder and clouds of smoke. And then Toto pulls back a green curtain exposing the man and the machinery behind the Wizard of Oz. And now, revealed for who he is, the wizard shouts, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Well, the story of the transfiguration of Jesus is uh, kind of something like that, except it is the exact opposite. When Jesus is transfigured before Saints Peter, John, and James, the curtain of his humanity is pulled aside. But unlike the unveiling of the Wizard of Oz, what's revealed here is the truth not the sham. When the curtain of Christ's humanity is pulled back, his divinity is fully revealed. The wizard told Dorothy and her friends, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. But God the Father invites us to do exactly the opposite. The curtain is pulled back precisely so that Jesus' friends, so that we might see him for who he is, and pay attention to the man that he is, to the Lord who is indeed Lord over our lives. Dorothy and her friends followed the yellow brick road to Oz. Saints Peter, James, and John went up to the mountain, to the top of the mountain, to a very winding and circuitous road up the mountain. Where do you and I go look for the Lord? I want to tell you a story. But then again, I always want to tell you a story. In the early 1990s, I was facing a very difficult time as a parish pastor. It was a parish where, shall we say, the congregation, the constituency, the community had changed dramatically. And the few Anglo-Saxons that were left didn't really feel obliged to open their doors to anybody else. And the leadership and I were in a bit of a tug of war over that issue. I had lots of questions 
but not a lot of answers. It was at that same time that I made my first trip to Israel, to the Holy Land. On the third day, we were at the base of Mount Tabor, the Mount of Transfiguration. As we were loading up in the stretch Mercedes limos that were very old, very, very old, we got introduced to our drivers who were all very committed followers of Islam. I asked God to reveal himself, to help me with my answers to my questions as he had revealed himself to Peter, James, and John. Well, they got our stretch limo loaded up and the driver got in and we took up up a very, very winding donkey path up the mountain. And it appeared that these limos only had two speeds, stop and go. And we were going. By the time we got to the top of that mountain, that Muslim had accomplished what many Christian teachers had failed to accomplish, at least for me. He taught me how to pray. Boy, did he teach me to pray. But still no answers. Finally, at the top, there was a, a parking area because he was going to go back down and treat another good group of Christian pilgrims with the journey up. I got out of the limo and I, I turned and looked to the right and there was a huddle over here on the parking lot around someone, but I couldn't see who it was. Who could it be? Maybe it was the Pope. Maybe. Could have been. Could have been all sorts of people. Maybe it was Billy Graham. I didn't know who it was, but it was somebody important. They were all huddled around this person. They were preparing this person in the center of the huddle for something. The huddle parted on my side. There was a woman at the center of the huddle. She had on very high heels, very tight slacks, a very tight top, and she had a very full head of cotton candy pink hair. It was a woman by the name of Jan Crouch. Jan and her husband were the co-founders of the Trinity Broadcasting Network. It's a very strong and powerful Christian network. But I watch Mother Angela now. <laughs> My life is different. But that's who it was. 
pink hair and all. But alas, no answers. I then turned and followed down the the path to the great Roman Catholic Church on the site of the Transfiguration. It was built in 1924. I wasn't there. Father Mario was. But that's another story. That church had been built with money from Benito Mussolini, Prime Minister of Italy. And if you know the history leading up to World War II, there were some people who said Mussolini never did anything good. Well, he helped fund a beautiful church. As I approached the great bronze doors, the big front doors, huge, heavy front doors, I reached out to take a hold of the handle. As my hand touched that handle, the door started to open on its own. And from around that door popped the face of the Reverend Larry Hall. Even in his 60s, he still looked like Howdy Doody. I'd known Larry for years. He was the pastor of uh, the Episcopal Church of St. John the Divine at the corner of Westheimer and River Oaks. You kind of get the, the feel for the neighborhood, if you will. Very, very wealthy church. But still, no answer to my prayers. I got one good story, but still no answer to my prayers. I wanted a voice from heaven, a vision. But all I got out of the journey to the top of the Mount of Transfiguration was one lame story that I have been telling for the last 30 years. That's what I got. The transfiguration takes place while Jesus is praying. And that's an indication for all of us that great things can happen whenever we pray, but not always on our timeline. We need to be clear about that as, as faithful Catholics. We pray God hears, but he doesn't always hear on our timeline. The word, trans, the word transfiguration comes from two simple Latin roots, trans, across, and figura, form or shape. It thus signifies a change in form or appearance. This is what happens to Jesus in the transfiguration. His appearance changes and becomes glorious. The transfiguration 
is a special event, a special moment in which God allows certain apostles, not all 12, not me, to have the privileged spiritual experience to strengthen their faith for the challenges they would later endure. You see, among the apostles, Peter was the chief. James and John seemed to be in key leadership positions. And Jesus knew what they would face as they worked to plant the early Catholic Church in all the world, or at least all the world they knew of at that time. But even this experience was only temporary. It is not meant to be permanent. In the same way, at certain times in this life, God gives certain members of his faithful, not all the faithful, all the time. Read the lives of the saints. And as you're reading the life of a saint, think about all the plain old parish priests and the plain old Catholics who were just trying to make it through this life. One saint out of a generation. Not bad. God gives certain members of the faithful. Not all the faithful, not all the time. Special experiences of His grace that strengthen their faith. We should welcome these experiences for the graces that they are. But we should neither expect them to continue indefinitely. Oh, like, like Peter, I want to put up three tents, booths they're called, big tents so that we can just stay up here and bask in the glory of our transfigured Lord. They don't continue indefinitely. And we should not be afraid or resentful when they cease. Sometimes the faith of the saints carries us when our own faith sometimes fails us. That's why we as parish priests encourage the faithful to read the lives of the saints during the season of Lent. See what others have gone through to remain faithful to the call of God through Jesus Christ. There's a prayer that I offer between the Lord's Prayer and Behold the Lamb of God. It's, it's right in there. 
maybe you've listened to it, maybe it has kind of washed over you, but it says to God, look not on our sins, but look on the faith of your church. And so what I want you to hear this second Sunday of Lent, now we're kind of getting into the meat of Lent for those who take it seriously. Sometimes we need to rest in the arms of Mother Church and her saints and say, Lord, I ain't much, but I'm hanging on to you as best I can, and I'm hanging on to the saints, and I ask you not to look at my sins, but look on the faith of your church, for it is that faith that I hang on to. It is the faith that will get me through until tomorrow. Amen.